listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it, the, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello, everybody. I'm Rick Benson, along with Zach Barletta. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Throughout this next half hour or so, we'll be talking sports from a faith-based perspective. BTGprogram.com is our website if you want to visit us there, or at BTG Program on social media. It's sports talk without all the trash talk. Joining us this week is Darren Metzger, our good friend, our former co-host, visiting in from his new home in San Diego. Welcome in, Darren. Glad to have you with us. Throughout this week, the biggest topic on Sports Talk Radio throughout social media is the injury to Golden State Warriors star Kevin Durant, potential free agent to be Kevin Durant. Seeing one of the very best players in the game, coming back from an injury, trying to help his team down 3-1 to one at the time in Game 5, and end up hurting himself, man, it was just devastating. Mm-hmm. It was just, don't you always want to see teams going at it with their best guys in big games. Yeah. I wouldn't want for one team or the other to be disadvantaged so that these sort of built-in excuses are there for uninformed fans to run with. They can waste my cell data with their ridiculous (laughs) social media (laughs) posts. I'd prefer to know that I beat you with your best or that Mm -hmm. you beat me with mine instead of having it in the back of my mind that, you know, could we still have one? Had the other team had all their pl- players? Could we have uh, won if we had our best players rather than uh, having to suffer a loss because we didn't have our best? You just don't want that in the back of your mind. Zach here is a Toronto Raptors fan. Probably can't <laughs> name one player on the that. team. Doesn't even follow the NBA, but <laughs> roots for the Raptors. <laughs> Hashtag we the North. And before y'all start sending me emails about what a front-runner fan he is, just slow down for a second. For those of you who have been following us from the beginning of the program five years ago, Zach declared himself a fan-free agent. He went out on social media, and the Toronto Raptors, you might remember, actually reached out. He held a news conference of sorts right (laughs) here on the air and became a Toronto Raptors fan. But, Darren, you and I are both fans of the New York Knicks. Yeah, this hurts. We've been hearing talk about how they were going to sign Durant, probably another max contract star, combine them with this year's number three pick if they decide to keep him, probably R.J. Barrett, and combine them with a pretty good core of young players that they have already. Mm -hmm. But they can't do that now. Can Can they still sign Kevin Durant? No, I'd still go after Durant. Don't you think the Knicks are in a different spot than, say, the Lakers or Nets, simply because they're the New York Knicks? After failing to lure free agent time and time again, being saddled with these huge contracts to players who were one-time greats or one-time at least very solid players, and then they come to the Knicks and they're barely decent, can they really afford, the Knicks that is, to roll the dice on a 32-year-old coming back from an Achilles injury? If you give him a max contract and he's – Never the same again. Isn't that just the same old Knicks saddled with another contract? We all remember Amari Stoudemire, don't we? Post-knee injury. If it was anybody but Durant, I would say I agree with you. But Durant is different. He's special. He can score in 
any way, even if he's not as explosive as he used to be, you look at the way he scores. He's still going to be just fine. He's still going to get numbers. He's still going to help you win. And how about the display of emotions by Warriors GM Bob Myers after Game 5 talking about that injury? Didn't that tell you everything you needed to know about how bad this injury was? Yeah, that was actually disheartening to see. I, I felt bad for everybody involved. I, it hurt me watching it. Yeah, that guy looked like he was at a funeral. Now, the Knicks might want to go out and sign him anyway. I just don't think they can because you knew right then how bad that injury was just based on the emotion from Myers. Durant was cleared to play. So is it the medical staff's fault? Did they pressure him to get back out there too soon? Or was it KD's fault? Was was he maybe not ready? Did he push himself too soon? And you can imagine that as a great athlete, that might be the case. And I suppose with that question comes this, he's taken some criticism for having joined an already loaded team in the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Does the fact that he hobbled out there, a la Kirk Gibson, trying to do all that he can to lead his team, does that change his legacy in any way? Is he now a martyr because maybe he sacrificed his health, possibly even his career, for the good of the team? I don't think so. It's just an athlete doing what an athlete does. And I actually don't really blame anybody in this situation. The athlete wants to play. Of course, the medical staff, their job is to make sure he's healthy. And if they, with all the information they had, made sure he was good to go, and KD said, I feel fine because he knows his body, I'm not blaming anybody. I don't blame... It's fine. What happened, happened. Sports, there is a risk of injury every time you take the field, the pitch, the court, whatever. Sometimes things just happen. It's nobody's fault. Kevin Durant felt strong enough to be out there. He's a great athlete. He wanted to do what great athletes do, and that's compete. Help his team. Leave it all out there on the court. The Warriors medical staff cleared him to play. They did their job. They did nothing wrong as far as we know. There was no reason as far as we know, to hold him back. Gia Myers did his job. He made the decision based on the info. Everybody did their job. Nobody did anything wrong. It just happened, and it's unfortunate. It reminds me of a biblical account in John chapter 9. Verses 1 to 3 said this, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, said it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, one of my favorite preachers, Chuck Smith, used to say that there are those who want to give you reasons why your life is such a mess. They're quick to point out your sin, to tell you the things you're doing wrong. Then he says there are others who he compares to paramedics, interested less in why you're hurting but more interested in how they can help alleviate the pain. As Christians, we should be more like paramedics. Look, I know many times we make our own problems. So many people bring things upon themselves with bad decisions, but other times it's just life. Bad things happen. And there are some who go through more bad things than others do. I can't explain why other than it's just life. It's it's nobody's fault. We live in a fallen world. But the point is this, people are hurting. And regardless of that reason, we should do what we can to help. God had a purpose in allowing this man in John chapter 9 to be born blind. His blindness allows Jesus to bring the works of God out in front of the people by healing him. And God is at work in our lives, whether we realize it or whether we don't. 
While it may seem like an unfortunate tragedy, it could very well be an opportunity for God to do something magnificent in our lives and be glorified as a result. How do you respond to human difficulty? Remember in the book of Job, Job was a man who had lost everything, lost his family, lost wealth, lost possessions. Friends come to comfort him, and they end up insisting that he's hiding some sin, and that sin was to blame for all his troubles. Those people weren't much comfort. So again, I ask you, how do you respond to hurting people? Are you quick to say that they brought it on themselves or maybe that they deserved it somehow? Or are you like a paramedic that regardless of why they're in the situation, are willing to help them heal. We're not called to root out the cause of suffering. We're called to minister to that person who is suffering. That passage in John 9 continues, verses 4 and 5 say this, We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then Jesus healed the blind man. Jesus said in the passage that we must work while there is time, but time eventually runs out. Time runs out on the opportunity to tell someone you love them, that you're sorry, or that you forgive them. Time runs out on the opportunity to mend a broken relationship. It runs out on the opportunity to tell somebody how they can be saved from an eternity in hell through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in that passage that he is the light of the world, and he healed the blind man so that he could see that light. And we're called to speak the gospel. We're, speak, we're called to tell people about Jesus in order to open the eyes of people who are spiritually blind that they too might see the light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our Christianity should be vibrant, so vibrant that it's impactful, so visible that people see what makes the difference in our lives. God has called us to influence our world, to make a difference, to do something to positively impact others for Christ. You know, Jesus came to earth as the ultimate paramedic. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus Christ wants to heal you. Maybe all your problems and all your pain won't immediately go away, but he wants to heal you. He wants to heal you of your biggest problem, and that's what to do about your sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. As a result of our sins, we can't be in heaven with a righteous and holy God, but on the cross, Jesus Christ paid the penalty of those sins of you and I. He says in John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way, because he's the only one worthy, having never sinned. And yet, though he never sinned, he never earned those wages, which is death. He gave his life anyway, on the cross as payment for the sins committed by you and I. How do you get in on God's offer of love and mercy, that free gift of eternal life in heaven with him? He asked just this. He asked that you would admit your sin and seek forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins is only found in Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible promises that by confessing our sins, God will forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pray to God, won't you? Pray to God and admit your sin and guilt. Tell him that you believe he died on the cross for you, that he was buried and rose again, and ask God to forgive you. Ask him to help you repent from sin. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you'll do that today. I hope you give your heart to God. And if we can help in any way, please feel free to let us know. Reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for being with us. Darren, so nice to have you here in the studio as well, along with the original Those Guys, Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game Program. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. So glad to have you with us. We're coming to you from Rochester, New York, recording from the BTG studio. But you can get the show wherever it is you are. Our friend Darren Metzger is with us in studio this week, but he often listens via podcast at home out there in San Diego, California. To the many of you downloading the program each week, both here in the U.S. and around the world, we thank you for being with us as well. Here's our friend Zach Barletta to give us this week's shenanigans statements. All right, number one, a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final is more exciting than a Game 7 in any other sport. I agree. I mean, I think there's just something about it, right? I think a Game 7 in any championship is exciting. Maybe it's the pace in the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe it's the intensity as those final minutes wind down. I, I don't know what it is. Now, obviously, the NFL Super Bowl is the, you know, the, the biggest deal going. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest one-game event, but... I don't know. It misses out on that back-and-forth competition mm-hmm. as the series builds mm-hmm. to a Game 7. So, yeah, I, I, they're all exciting, but I like hockey's. I have to agree with you, too. I, I Something about where the clock is ticking down and the pace is picking up and it's getting more frantic and then the goalie gets pulled and everything. It's just the drama is building, and it's just – I know in basketball you have the timer counting down to the end of the game as well, but you know how it is. The last few minutes the game gets slowed way down. It's less dramatic. So give me hockey any day. I'm going to be boring and agree with you guys. Actually, as someone that just started paying attention to hockey when the Sabres won like 11 straight or something, 
game seven in hockey, just like you guys said, there's no out of bounds and like you know unless you accidentally hit the puck up over the boards. But man, it's just back and forth, back and forth, and it is honestly a lot of it's fun intense. to watch. It's intense. Yeah. It's awesome. Number two, the U.S. women's national soccer team beat Thailand thirteen to nothing this week. Truth <laughs> or shenanigans? Destroying another team that badly is poor sportsmanship and showing up the opponent. You know, I, I agree. I think it is. I, I heard their comments after the game from a number of players who said it would be disrespectful to have let up. But, I, man, I think they're just being a little defensive. They Maybe they knew they – I don't know. I guess I don't understand soccer well enough. I know in baseball you can call off the dogs a little bit. Mm-hmm. I You take what's given. You don't – I'm not going to intentionally make it out and embarrass my opponent, but I'm not going to steal a base. I'm not going to take an extra base. I'm mm-hmm. going to take what's given to me. 13 to nothing, though. That <laughs> just seems like that's a little bit more than taking what's given to you. Again, I'm a soccer novice, so maybe it isn't. But it seems to me like maybe they could have been a little aggress- less aggressive. For me, I actually uh, I say shenanigans. And the, the one thing that stuck out to me is that in this tournament format, at least from what I've read online, because I you know I don't watch it, uh, <laughs> goal differential is important later on. When mm. you get further in the tournament, goal Good differential point. becomes important. So it kind of rewards you to score as much as you can. With that said, I don't think you need to keep doing choreographed dances after like the fifth or sixth goal. (laughs) You know, the fact that they celebrated as a team, every goal pretty hard. Like, I don't think you need to do that. Yeah. I actually am going to agree with Zach and say shenanigans, especially on the level in which this soccer event or tournament is like, it's the highest level our nation has. One could argue that our female soccer team could beat our men's soccer team. So this is the highest level. And Thailand ran what they ran out there. I think at one point I saw the goalkeeper like flail her leg up to try and stop a ball that wasn't even on the ground. Like maybe she's not a goalkeeper. I don't know. (laughs) But And I also agree with Zach. Maybe after the ninth goal I'd stop over-celebrating, but that's just me. But no, on this level, take what's given to you. They they were scoring goals. Stop them. Number three, the Yankees won't wait until the trade deadline to trade for some starting pitching. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I don't see how you can. I mean, I don't think by the trade right. deadline they'll still have mm-hmm. five healthy starting pitchers. <laughs> so, I mean, do you, this is a team that has World Series aspirations. Do you want to be giving Chance Adams 10 to 12 starts? I don't. So I think as soon as possible and the fact that they'll be they'll be helped by the fact that it's a buyer's market. There's lots of pitchers out there to trade for. So the sooner the better, I think. Darren? I'm actually going to say shenanigans, even though I don't think they should wait. I know that they have – Many questions in the rotation, but the, with all the injuries they've had this year and as good as they still are, if there is a team that can afford to give Chance Adams 10 to 12 starts, it is the Yankees. They need to wait for the best possible trade. Now, I agree with you, Zach. I think they will do something prior to the deadline because I think they have to. It'd be one thing if they had all their guys, and I know they're getting some of their guys back, mm-hmm. some of those sluggers that maybe could pad the score for these pitchers, but they don't have them now. And Look, Tampa's for real, and the Red Sox are going to be there at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You don't want to let things slip away too early. When we come back, we'll close out the broadcast with our You Like That segment. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. 
Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. We thank you for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. They're those guys. Darren Metzger, Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. We really like to close out the show each week giving you something encouraging, something good from the world of sports. We call it our You Like That segment. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins was asked this week at a minicamp about taking his game to the next level. That's what the team's general manager, Rick Spielman, was talking about during the NFL draft when he went about to get Cousins additional help in taking that next step. In humility, Cousins said this, I think the next level really is all about winning. I'm pretty much a 500 quarterback in my career so far, and I don't think that's where you want to be, and that's not why you're brought in or people are excited about you. Cousins didn't have a great season last season, although it wasn't terrible statistically. However, Minnesota didn't make the playoffs, and he realizes winning is why the team signed him a year ago to a big contract. That's why the team committed to him. Kirk Cousins' humility in recognizing the role he needs to play in moving the team forward is what I like, you like this that? week. You like that? What I like this week was 11-year-old St. Louis Blues fan Layla Anderson getting to help Blues player Colton Pareko hoist the Stanley Cup. Layla is battling a syndrome called HLH and has become something of a mascot for the Blues. Several of the players have befriended her and called her their inspiration, and the team even surprised her with a trip to Boston for Game 7. It was awesome to see her go down onto the ice with them and help them hoist the Stanley Cup. So Layla Anderson hoisting the cup is what I like, you like that? this week. You like that? Well, back in the day, Darren, one of the things that you used to do on the show with us was those unreasonable rants. They didn't always make a lot of sense. They sometimes got us some hateful emails, <laughs> but they were almost always pretty funny. So instead of you like that, I've asked you, do you mind doing one of those unreasonable rants for us? All right. The Dominican Republic, beautiful place full of palm trees, white sandy beaches, and crystal clear Caribbean water. There's also enough stories of tourists being insert horrible crime here that I'm never going. The newest out of the DR is the David Ortiz story. Even if the alleged rumors are true and he was romancing another dude's wife, did you break his jaw? Maybe steal his steroid tainted World Series rings, but don't shoot him. Or in this case, go to the discount hitman store and hire someone to do it. Does less than eight grand seem cheap for that? I thought it would be more. It's like buying some new Nikes from JCPenney. Sure, they're Nikes, but they're not the good ones. You get what you pay for. Because not only did the Walmart hitman not complete the one job he was hired for, but he crashed his motorcycle trying to flee. Watched one too many Tom Cruise movies there, bro, Tato Chip. I've been to the Caribbean. The roads, if you can call them that, are pothole-infested death traps. Fleeing on foot was clearly a better option, but hindsight's always 20-20. 
I'm sure he's gonna have plenty of time to think about his mistakes while he's sitting in a high-quality, super-safe Dominican prison. It's not like he tried to murder one of the DR's most beloved and recognizable people. I'm sure nobody's mad and wants revenge. It's gonna be fine. With that said, if you want to join me in November on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic, <laughs> feel free to reach out to us. I'm not going with you. The thing I think gets overlooked in that story is the drug lord that supposedly hired him. Because not only did your wife cheat on you with the most universally loved and popular athlete ever to come out of your country, <laughs> but then to try and reclaim your honor, you hired a hitman that turned out to be Mr. Bean. So, like, <laughs> the, the drug lord comes off the worst in all this. I think he's kind of a cheap drug lord, too. Like, you sell drugs. You don't have more than $8,000 to, like, make sure it's done right. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I wanted him to get it done right, but I'm saying, like, there's just so many problems to this story. He's a bad drug lord. Well, that's just about all the time we have for this week, but here's just one more thing. Tommy Pham plays outfield for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's been a big part of why the Rays have been one of the most exciting and most surprising stories of the first half of this baseball season. Pham has a batting average of right around 300, yet most fans probably don't even know who he is because he plays for the small market Tampa Bay Rays. Pham pointed out earlier this week that baseball's all-star voting is really unfair. Here's an example. Despite being at or near the top of the AL East most of the season, only one Rays player, and that's outfielder Austin Meadows, was among the top three at his position when the initial all-star voting results came out earlier this week. We won't get credit, man, Pham told The Atlantic. It's always unfair. Big market versus small market, it's never going to be fair. Pham pointed out that even though he and teammate Avisel Garcia are both batting around 300, each is trailing in the all-star voting to guys like Brett Gardner of the Yankees, who's hitting somewhere around 230, and Jackie Bradley of the Red Sox, who I don't even think is over 200. It's never going to be fair, Pham said. It has to change because when you go into arbitration, that's a big thing that's talked about with accomplishments. Race players suffer from not getting the national attention that the Dodgers players, the Yankees players, the Red Sox players tend to get. You and I need to be careful about not overlooking people who are perhaps not often in the spotlight, but they're probably working very hard and doing some great things. Or maybe it's you that's that person who is sometimes overlooked, like Pham and his Tampa Bay teammates. Remember this, you're not overlooked by God. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear you are more valuable than many sparrows. Even King David dealt with being overlooked. He was anointed to become king of Israel while he was still a shepherd tending his father's flocks in the fields. And while it would be many years before he would actually become king, David humbly continued his service waiting for God's appointed time. You may be overlooked by others, but remember God knows who you are. And he has great plans for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Well, that's it for us this week. Remember that this radio program is only on the air thanks to the general support of our listeners. It's because of your prayers. It's because of your financial gifts that make the Beyond the Game program possible. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry. And if you feel led, to give a financial gift of any amount, visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta and for Darren Metzger, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 